I welcome you to another episode of Women Prayer Group Podcast. My name is Ruth Akintunde. We thank God for life and every good thing he has done for us. This episode features one of our recorded Bible studies. We hold our meetings every other Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Please contact us to be a part of this group by sending an email to thewomenprayergroup at gmail.com. So our email address is thewomenprayergroup at gmail.com. You can also send a direct message to Women Prayer Group on Instagram. When you contact us, we will provide a conference call number with which you can dial in into our meetings. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. For his eyes on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. Your presence and your power will overshadow us. Lord, you said you've not called the house of Jacob to seek you in vain. And even as we are um, coming together in your presence, we ask that you honor us with your divine presence, O oh God. Wherever these ladies are all over the world, Lord, let your presence be with them. Let your glory shine upon them. Let your Holy Spirit explain your word to them. Let them hear your voice, O oh God. Let this word have an impact in their daily lives. Let this word have an impact in their spiritual lives, oh God. Let them not just come here in vain, oh God. Let them receive growth spiritually, physically, financially, in every area of their lives. Christian maturity, oh God. Even as we study your word together, glorify your name in our lives. We soak ourselves with the blood of Jesus. We ask that you single us out for greatness. That at the end of the year, oh God, we that are part of this women prayer group will have each of us will have testimonies and no one will be left out of Lord. We bless your name because there's no one like unto you. Thank you for everything you have done for us. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good morning. Who's on the line? Hi, Ayo. So before we go into Judges 3, I just wanted to recap from the previous um, Bible study. Because last meeting we had a prayer meeting, but the meeting before that we had Bible study where we studied Judges chapter 2. And from the study, a lot of, um, some ladies gave some very useful um, insights that they got while they were reading, while they were reading that chapter and I just want to share them with you first firstly we discover that um, the Israelites were supposed to okay Judges 1 was about after the death of Joshua the Israelites were supposed to inherit the Canaan land the land flowing with milk and honey the Israelites were descendants of Abraham descendants of Isaac and Jacob so when Joseph was sold into slavery, became the prime minister of Egypt, and then there was famine in all the land, and his brothers had to come to Egypt to buy some food, and they and he noticed them, he recognized them, and 
he told them to come and live he forgave them and he told them to come and live with him but after a while after many years has passed another pharaoh that did not know the history of joseph or the israelites came in and discovered that these people are different from them and decided to make them slaves and they were slaves for about 400 years and they cried unto god and god raised up somebody called moses and Moses, with the power of God, led them out of this the slavery they were in, led them, led them out of Egypt. And but the journey between Egypt and the beautiful land that God promised them, in fact, the journey was so was was kind of long. They had a wilderness in between, and it can also relate to our daily life. The journey between where we are now and the glory that God is about to reveal in our lives. There might be some wilderness or time of discouragement and lack or some other negative things that might be in between but the truth is that jesus has promised us his peace he says in this world he said that in this world we'll have troubles but he has given us his peace so that journey was kind of very tiring in fact they were wondering how they were going to see food and water in that desert but god miraculously provided and if you want to read more about it just read genesis exodus leviticus those parts of the bible um explain their journey so when they got closer to the promised land, the the the, the entrance to the promised land was a, a, a kind of small portion be, be, before a river called River Jordan. This is after God divided the Red Sea. And um, Moses had to die before that time and hand over to Joshua. And Joshua um, helped them because the promised land was not... An empty land you know people are already people were living there already people were living in this promised land it's not just an empty land and they just came to stay no people had built houses built built farmlands vineyards and land but they had to drive those people out of that place and the instruction from God to Moses in Deuteronomy was that every land I say it's yours I'm the one that created that land. Drive those people out. If they don't want to drive them out, then fight with them. If they don't want to leave, then fight with them. That was the instruction that God gave them. And it can relate to us today. I don't know whether any of us were there when I said that anything that happened in the Old Testament is a shadow of things to come. It's a shadow of the New Testament. It's just to teach us a lesson in the New Testament. Meaning that when God wants us to occupy, when God wants to occupy our lives, everything that is seen has to be driven away. They can't stay with God in our lives. And so God wants to live with the people of Israel in that Canaan land, the land flowing, flowing with milk and honey. And they have to drive out all those inhabitants from that land. None of them should stay. No malice, no anger, no, no property of the devil should stay in your life as well as the Holy Spirit. And that's just the symbol of that um period of time and the instruction was from god was drive each and every one of them out from the adults to the children even some lands were so dirty and soaked with blood and that god said even the animals kill the animals because these people are evil they are wicked people the animals are not even worthy to be to be alive and god gave them all these instructions at each step of the way god was always with them uh, when they got to the cities be before the river jordan joshua was with them he helped them and they fought war although he was always complaining that he's not a warrior 
he's not a man of war um, and God was always encouraging him you could see in Joshua chapter 1 God said it like three times to the same person be strong be courageous and God kept saying it saying it over again and I am also during the last meeting I was telling us that if God is giving you one chapter in your life every like one verse of the Bible and saying that pointing to one thing in your life over and over again then that is your weakness and pray to God that you will be able to overcome that weakness. So Joshua's weakness was weak was not being strong, not being strong in God, not um not being strong in the Lord, and not having faith in God to be able to destroy the enemy. He believes that his own power that we will defeat the enemy. And God was always saying, be strong and be courageous. Don't worry. I will help you. I will uphold you. I will sh- make you shine in front of the Israelites. God was always telling Joshua. And they were able to destroy the, um, they were able to destroy the, the, the armies before the Jordan. And by God's grace, they were able to cross over the Jordan and they met another city called Jericho. And through the power of God, they were able to fall down the walls of Jericho and possess Jericho. But Joshua was so old and very um, weak. At the age of 110, he was so old and very weak. Whereas Moses was the age of 120 and he said his teeth were so strong, his bones were so strong. That's the difference between when you trust in God fully and when you keep being afraid. Even when God is with you. So Joshua was old and could not fight anymore. The, the land before the Jordan was shared among um, two and a half tribes. You remember that there are 12 tribes in Israel. So two and a half tribes shared the land before the Jordan. And the land after the Jordan was supposed to be shared by nine and a half tribes of, of Israel. But Joshua was not able to fight that battle. He was so old. So God told him that, before you die, share this land among the Israelites. Tell them that, okay, this part is yours. This, this part is yours. This part is for Benjamin. This part is for Joseph. This part is for um, Dan. This part is for Reuben. So he shared it among the 12 tribes of Israel before he died. But he did not fight the battle with them. He died before that time. And so the, we started um, Judges chapter 1. Where Joshua died and the Israelites were left alone without any leader. And they were like, okay, God, they had to talk to God themselves. And they chose some people to talk to God and ask God, God, who should go and fight for their land first among the nine and a half tribes? And God told them Judah should go. And so I hope you, I, I believe that you already know the story since we started reading from Judges chapter one. And then chapter two, last Last three like last month or something we saw that they did not destroy all the um drive away all the enemies in the nine and a half um the land allocated to the nine and a half tribes they did not destroy in fact none of them except one Joseph destroyed the enemies they were living with the enemies and God was not happy with that. So they were living with the enemies and they started um they were living with the enemies, they started worshiping the idols. These are the things we learned from last week. We should not live with the enemy. One reason why these people um went back to worshiping idols is because 
their parents did not really teach them. So we related it to this time that we have to imbibe the word of God in our children so that they won't turn back from God um, when they grow up in the future. I pray God will help us in Jesus' name. So let's quickly read um, Judges chapter 2. <clears throat> Judges chapter 3. Let's start reading Judges chapter 3. We hope to be able to finish it today. But if we cannot finish it today, that's no problem. We could finish it some other time. I don't know how many people are on the line right now. Is it still Ayo? Ayo? I lost your phone. I didn't hear you all the well. I think oh. you need to do it from your phone. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry about that. Sorry. Yeah, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, no problem. Yeah, yeah maybe I mistakenly muted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, let's start from Judges chapter 3. Let, maybe you'll read the first let me see first fifteen verses and then I'll read the last sixteen verses. Yeah. You can start. Okay. Um, verse 1. These are the nations that the Lord left in the land to test those Israelites who had not experienced the world of Canaan. He did this He did this teach He did this teach warfare to generations of Israelites who had not experienced in battle. These are the nations. The Philippines, those, those living under the five nations in the all the Canaanites and the Israelites living in the mountains of Lebanon from Mount Balamon to Lebo Amma. These people were led to Israelites to see whether they would obey the commands the Lord had given to their ancestors to kill them. The people of Israel lived among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Levites, and Jebusites. And they intermarried with them. Israelites sons married their daughters, and Israelite daughters were given in marriage to their sons. And the Israelites slept their gods. The Israelites did evil in God's sight. They forgot about the Lord their God, and they slept the images of God and the Asherah poles. Then the Lord burned with anger against Israel, and he turned them over to King Kushan. Of Aram Nari. And the Israelites left Koshan Mishetan for each year. But when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, the Lord raised up a rescuer to save them. His name was Bosnia, the son of Caleb's younger brother, Kenan. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and became Israel's church. He went to war against Koshan Marish the time of Aram and the Lord gave Bosnia victory over him. So this there was, was peace in the land for forty years. Then Odnia son of Canaan died. 
it would become Israel's church. Once again, Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, and the Lord gave King Eglon of Moab control over Israel because of their evil. Eglon enlisted the Ammonites and Amalekites as allies, and then he went out and defeated Israel, taking possession of Jericho, the city of Palm. And Israelites served Eglon of Moab for 18 years. But when the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, the Lord again raised up Resia to save them. His name was Ehud, son of Gera, a left-handed man of the tribe of Benjamin. The Israelites sent Ehud to deliver their tribute money to King Eglon of Moab. So Ehud made a double-edged dagger that was about a foot long and strapped it to his right thigh, keeping it hidden under his clothing. Okay, yeah, thank you. So let me just continue. Okay. He presented a tribute to Eglon, king of Moab, who was a very fat man. So after Ehud had presented the tribute, he sent on their way those who had carried it. But on reaching the stone images near Gilgal, he himself went back to Eglon and said, Your Majesty, I have a secret message for you. The king said to his attendants, Leave us. And they all left. Ehud then approached him while he was sitting alone in the upper room of his palace and said, I have a message from God for you. As the king rose from his seat, Ehud reached with his left hand, drew the sword from his right thigh and plunged it into the king's belly. Even the handle sank in after the blade and his boils discharged. Ehud did not pull out the sword out and the fat closed in over it. Then Ehud went out to the porch. He shut the doors of the upper room behind him and locked them. After he had gone, the servants came and found the doors of the upper room locked. They said he must be relieving himself in the inner room of the palace. They waited to the point of embarrassment, but when he did not open the doors of the room, they took a key and unlocked them. They, there they saw their Lord falling to the floor dead. While they waited, Ehud got away. He passed by the stone images and escaped to Sarah. When he arrived there, he blew a trumpet in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites went down with him from the hill, with him leading them. Follow me, he ordered, for the Lord has given Moab your enemy into your hands. So they followed him down and took possession of the fords of the Jordan that led to Moab. They allowed no one to cross over. At that time, they struck down about 10,000 Moabites, all vigorous and strong. Not one escaped. That day, Moab was made subject to Israel, and the land had peace for 80 years. After Haywood came Shamgar, son of Anath who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox god. He too saved Israel. May God bless you in those words in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So for 10 minutes, let's just prayerfully review the, the verses and then we can share with each other what God, whatever God is putting to our hearts. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, do you have something to share?
just shows the nature of God yeah if it's a man that has experienced those kind of things he will just condemn those people and say there's no hope for them anymore and because they are always going back to their sins every single time they are always going back to their sins and and one reason is because they did not visit the root cause of that sin they are living with people that worship idols they are living with people that are not they don't know God. So, and they allow those people to influence them. And that is the root cause of their problem. They are always going back to their sins. Um, another um, thing, um, thank you for that contribution. Let me just continue from where you, you stopped. So you just said that they sin against God. And because of that, God wanted to show them that he was annoyed with them. He allowed all this other neighboring countries to come and oppress them but when after some time the first time they were they were under slavery in the hand of um a king king of aram for 80 years the other time they were under slavery in the hand of the king of moab for 18 years so after those period of time they cried unto god and god sent them somebody to save them and during the lifetime of this person it's, it appears as if they serve God. For example, during the lifetime of Othniel, they, they, they served God and they had peace for 40 years. During the lifetime of um, Ehud too, for 80 years, they had peace. But when he died, they continued their wicked ways. This makes me understand that, okay, God did not mention how they cried up unto him and how they repented from genesis to deuteronomy the mode of repentance is that when you come to god you are sorry for your sins you go to meet the priest and then the priest makes a mass sacrifice and you bring your rams and goats and he replaces your sins with the life of that um ram so the ram dies in your place and takes your sins away and that is how they used to repent in the olden days um, God did not mention how they turned to God, but previous um, report on how the Israelites repent is when they sac- make sacrifices of rams and goats. It just shows that that mode of repentance was not enough to powerful enough to save them from being evil. Was not powerful enough to save them or ensure a relationship with God, and that was why Jesus needed to come. And that was why we sang the hymn, What Can Wash Away Our Sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. 
It's the blood of Jesus that can wash away your sins and give you power not to go back to that sin anymore. That's just the nature of the blood of Jesus. When I gave my life to Christ um, in Unilag, I, I, was, I was a slave to sin. And I had to call on God one day. That I know this thing is bad. I know I can't even tell anybody. But I believe you can save me. I believe you can forgive me. And I cried and cried and cried. And I heard a voice behind me says that I've already forgiven you your sins. I looked back. I was like, who is in this room? I'm the only one in this room now. What, what's happening? I heard the voice. I was so happy. I was like, oh my God, I heard from God. And that was the last day I I was I committed that sin. That was the last time I did that. I fell into that sin. That was the last time till today. Imagine that kind of thing. Something that I thought I can never stop. Oh this um that's my weakness. God gave me power over that sin. And that is just what the blood of Jesus can do to you that's what the blood of jesus can do to you whatever is your weakness whatever you know that god doesn't like you when you take it up to god tell god to forgive you cry out to god because that might be the source of many discomfort in our life just like the israelites their sin their idol their idolatry brought about this um oppression you know when you are on when you are in sin god does not help you, God does not protect you because you are already exposed, you are already exposed to the devil. The devil can do anything to you at that moment, at that point in time. And that's the source of many things in our lives. Sin is very terrible. God hates sin. God cannot live in the life where there is sin. So when you come to Jesus, Jesus has the power to wash you, first of all, wash you from that sin, and then give you power not to sin again, give you power not to go back to that sin. But these Israelites did not have the power not to go back to their sin, so they kept going back. We we are we are in this flesh, and the truth is that flesh and blood cannot please God. Flesh and blood cannot stop sinning. So it's only the power of Jesus and extra power from Christ, from the blood of Jesus, that can give us the victory over sin. That's just the truth. You can't do it on your own. And one of the lyrics of the hymn says that not even the good I have done can cleanse me. So you might be like, oh, I might not need the blood of Jesus. I don't, I'm a moral person. I'm good. I'm good to people. I help people a lot. I try my best to be kind, to speak good to people. I'm not rude. I'm considerate of other people's feelings. I don't think... I'm a sinner. I don't think I've sinned. I do good every time. The truth is that you are, we are, we are flesh. We are born in flesh. We have this flesh nature in us. There's no good that we do out of a pure heart. Is it that you are giving to the poor so that people will see you? You are helping your friends so that in the future they will help you again. Is there any good that we have done that, oh, we are not expecting anything in return? And that is the real good. That is the true kindness. When you don't, your motive is not to get anything written. That's true kindness. So there's no, there's no how human beings can live our life to to please God by ourselves. Our righteousness is just like rag before God. You see the philanthropists, all those rich men that they are not godly yet they give. It's good what they are doing. They give to people that are poor. 
suffering nations they they are they give charity but the truth is that most people why they do it is to avoid taxes avoid paying their taxes um avoid they'll be like okay i gave all this money to the poor please oh, don't don't tax me oh. i gave this is all i gave to the poor so they have there's a motive behind the good that they do there's nothing if you think about it nothing good you do so a non-believer does that is without a motive an evil motive behind it so your good cannot assure you of salvation your good is not good enough to please god it's except the blood of jesus that's one thing that i got from here they keep going back to their sins despite them repenting and coming back to god after a period of time they keep going back to their sins another lesson that um I took out from this lesson it's not a fresh lesson it's the same lesson we learned last time is that they did not um teach their children the way of god because they had peace for the first time they had peace for 40 years and then he died i'm sure that the the adults at that time maybe they were 40 they became 80 after that 40 years they became 80 years old and they were old and maybe they didn't have a rights over their children as you see in america parents cannot talk to their children anymore when they get to a certain age in fact all the teenagers now are waiting to get to a certain age maybe 18 so that they can leave the house and 21 so that they can start drinking publicly so parents don't have a say over what their children does these days same as the olden days for the fact that they could not teach their children that okay we were under slavery because god was not happy with us we're worshiping this god and then God sent Othniel to save us all, and we've been having peace since we have been serving him for 40 years. Now everybody's old. Make sure you keep serving this God. There's nothing like that. And that's how, that's why they could still go back to their evil and do evil. So as we, as we are growing, each of us will have our, we get married one day, we have our children. We should imbibe, teach them the word of God, teach them the word of God to such a level that they will ne- not turn back. The first thing, you can't do it on your own. The first thing is to pray for them, even from now, before they are born. Pray for them that, God, let my children be the ones that will hear my voice, that would well, that will love you, that will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from their, the mother's womb. You start praying for your children from now, and then start, um, when they are born, the first cartoon should be a Christian cartoon, buy bible for them teach them their bedtime stories should be bible stories because it's very easy for the world to corrupt them you know but trying your best praying for them and teaching them the word of god even from an early age and through god's help they will not depart from it the bible says train up a child in the way he should go and if when he gets old he will not depart from it so when you do this when you do this, when we do this, by God's grace, our children will carry on the light of Christ to their own generation as well. This is realized they did not do this. After 40 years, the, 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 the next generation did evil in God's sight. They cried unto God. At least they even remember that there is a God that their parents used to worship. And they cried unto him. Why did they not cry to their bows or their ash, asherite poles or whatever? Why did they not cry unto that? They probably cried unto those other gods, but those other gods not here. After 40 years, they were they had peace. For 18 years, they were slaves. So they were like, okay, maybe 58 years ago, um, 
we, we had peace because we're worshipping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Ah, let's cry on to him and see if he will help us. And then God sent Ehud to come and save them. And what did Ehud say in 29? He said, 28, verse 28, he says, Follow me, he ordered, for the Lord has given Moab, your enemy, into your hands. So um, Ehud knew the Lord. Ehud knew the Lord. So I believe there were a few people that still knew the Lord, even though most of the Israelites were, were in sin. Most of the Israelites were in sin, but there were a few people that still knew the Lord. I pray God will help us in this world because most people are, don't know God. And the consequences of not knowing God is affecting the nations today. And that's why we have wars. We have all this um, chaos, poverty in the world today. Just because the nations don't know God. But there are a few people like us that know God. And even though we are yet to have that power to deliver the whole nation because of our knowledge of God. The, our knowledge of God can help us in our individual life that even despite the fact that there are troubles in the world, we in our own hearts will have peace. And and the last um, verse of Judges chapter 3 says that after Haywood came Shamgar, that's, there's no too much story about this guy, but the highlight of his own deliverance is that he struck down 600 Philistines with an ox god. And he too saved Israel. And that brings us to the end of the chapter of Judges. Yeah. Thank God for speaking to us through his word. Before we continue, I just want us to pray on what you have just heard. Just want us to pray. Is there any way we've sinned against God? Is there any way we have a sin that we are slaves to? Uh, oh, when the tempter just comes, uh, we don't have a choice. We just fall into this sin. No matter how small it is, is it malice or something, you cannot just forgive someone or jealousy. God wants, God cannot live in a temple where, where all these things dwell. God cannot live in that temple. So let's tell God to forgive us and wash us clean with his blood. Because as we sang, the blood of Jesus is the only thing that is powerful enough to, to save us from those besetting sins. Those sins that we just fall into it. We can't leave. Ah, when we just get angry like this, we'll turn, turn the house upside down. We'll say whatever we can see. We, whatever words that come to our mind, we just say it. And later we'll be like, ah, oh, I fell into anger. And that's not how a Christian should believe. And we'll say, oh, that's my weakness. Whatever weakness we have, let's, let's put it at the feet of God right now. I just want you to think about it. Let's put it at God's feet. That God should cleanse us with his blood. That we, sh we should not go back to such weaknesses. Let's say, God, please help me not to go back to my sin anymore. Say